I'm Joe Collins and welcome, welcome to See Me Church. Our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. Today is the last Sunday worship of 2020. And I don't think I, I'm out of line if I say that on behalf of all of us, good riddance to 2020. And I hope that 2021 will be a much better year. Today, we have a very special guest speaker. His, uh, his name is Aaron Henderson. He's our ministry intern, and he's got a sermon entitled Joy and Suffering. I know you're going to enjoy it. At this time, let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you one more time in 2020. God, I pray that you're with Aaron, that he does a great job in the message today, that you're with the, the fellowship this morning, even though we're not together, but be with us in spirit. Help us to connect with you each in our own way this morning. We love you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In a one-bedroom apartment On the humble side of town There stands a little Christmas tree Looks a lot like Charlie Brown's And underneath was one little gift for him And one little gift for her After six months on the new job, they're still barely getting by. So in the way of decorations, there's nothing that will catch the eye. But both of them would be the first to say, We're together and we're gonna have the merriest Christmas anyway. Christmas is all in the heart That's where the feeling starts And like a fire inside It touches every part Christmas is all in the heart And even if no white snow falls Well, that's alright Joy can still be found wherever you are. Christmas is all, all in the heart. A little brown haired boy with big dreams. He tried to sleep, but sleep wouldn't come. He'd be tearing into presents Long before the break of dawn And mom and dad with cameras making sure I'd never forget that day Now I'm the one who's taking pictures In the middle of the night Of my own two little 
just can't wait until daylight And in my sleepy eyes the spark still glows And I guess there's just some things a kid never outgrows Christmas is all in the heart That's where the feeling starts And like a fire inside It touches every part Christmas is all in the heart And even if no white snow falls Well that's alright still be found wherever you are Christmas is all all in the heart and no it's not in the snow it may or may not fall and it's not in the gifts beneath the tree it's in the love heaven gave That night our Savior came And that same love Could still be found wherever you are Cause Christmas is all in the heart And the joy can still be found Wherever you Christmas is all in the heart. It's all in the heart. Joy and pain. Like sunshine and rain singing now God's children joy and pain. Good morning, Simi Church. Um, hope you guys have all had a great holiday uh, this past Christmas. Uh, we were able to enjoy it with, with you and your families. I know holidays around this time of year looked a little bit different. Uh, but uh, wherever you are, and uh, I guess whenever you are, uh, I hope this message finds you well and uh, finds you full of the Spirit too. Um, you know, like many of you, uh, I imagine um, this year has been uh, quite an interesting one for me too, uh, especially as I'm thinking about just how time works. Uh, somehow 2020 has been one of the most painfully slow uh, and grueling years, I think, that we've uh, kind of accumulatively um, experienced, but, uh, but also somehow it's already the end of the year, um, and, and it has this, this, this weird thing where it, it, it's feels really slow, but at the same time, we're already here, um, and, and New Year's is just right around the corner. Um, and so, you know, as we're coming to the end of what has been absolutely a, a monumental year uh, in so many different types of ways, really something that we've never experienced before, um, it, it makes me think about, you know, uh, what, what, what is it that I'm expecting from 2021, from the year to come? Uh, I know many of us are still... Uh, reeling over some of the things that have happened throughout this past year. 
Um, there's been some amazing uh, victories um, and some great joy that definitely has come from 2020 for sure. And I have to remind myself to, uh, to remember those things as well. Uh, but to say that it hasn't come without its fair share of difficulty uh, and hardship and really intense suffering uh, for many, um, you know, that would, would be an understatement. I think as uh, we typically approach the end of a year, uh, and we're looking forward to these new different uh, resolutions that we have going into the new year. There's something about this time around that uh, just just knowing there's that that ever present knowledge that some of the suffering that we have faced throughout this past year, maybe that some of us are even continuing to go through now, uh, won't exactly go away just when, you know, that zero turns into a one uh, or when that ball drops. This has particularly been something very interesting for me to to think about what it means to kind of navigate this time and what it means to navigate into a new year, into a new uh, into a new time as a disciple, uh, as a follower of Jesus. And what is it that I'm supposed to do uh, to be able to live during a time amidst some of that suffering? Uh, understanding that life as we know it is completely different. Community. This one here, communities everywhere, church in general is completely different. Um, how we do life together, whether that's, you know, uh, physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, most certainly written and relationally, has really changed. Um, and it's been very difficult in a lot of ways. And I know many of us have experienced that. And we're looking forward to a change right? Looking forward to sometimes a fresh start that comes in 2021. And I think it, it has an opportunity to offer that to us. But it, to say that we, 2021 will not have any suffering at all, or things will just go back to normal the way that they were previous to everything that's happened this year, um, I think just wouldn't be true. So as followers of Jesus, what do we do? How do we live? What are the next steps when we live in a time of, of uncertainty, um, of, of hardship, of, of, of different types of suffering. And I kind of wanted to talk about that and gear ourselves up for coming into this new year. What can we do as disciples of Jesus moving forward? I think that one thing uh, that God has really put on my heart, something that I've definitely been wrestling with this past year, um, and, 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 and the first point that I have is just to ask myself, what, what does it really mean to be human? <laughs> Um, I know that that is uh, already a large existential you know, question in and of itself without the world you know, imploding around you to really mull over and ask yourself. But, you know, that's just how I like to spend my time. Um, but it really has made me think about really what it means to just to just be human. I think something about suffering is it definitely exposes you. Uh, it it. It, it reworks some of your priorities, the way that you think, the way that you perceive the world in different ways. I think that as, as people, as humans, when, when we go through something unexpected, um, unplanned, some sort of suffering or anything that might happen, we try to come up with different ways or, or reasons to make sense of everything that's going on. I think that's been very difficult, especially with this year, with, with 2020. How do you make sense of all these things that have happened? It just seems like one thing after the other. Nothing was just quite going exactly the way that you want it to. We we'll always try to come up with some sort of reason to justify some of these things. Why is it that we suffer? Why do we go through these things? 
I want to turn over to uh, John chapter 16, verse 33. Some pivotal words from Jesus. It says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, I think it's, uh, it's a really simple scripture, um, but I think it's, it's pivotal, and I think it's one of the things that I've had to definitely focus on, is to understand that the Bible is very clear that we will experience suffering of some kind. There's going to be trouble. Um, we know that firsthand, many of us very intensely from this year, for sure. And even in the new year to come, you know, it's not to put a damper on anything or, or for us to lose hope. In fact, it's the very opposite. But, but to know for sure that we are going to have trouble. There will be suffering at times. I think that suffering is a universal human experience. In fact, it's, it's the thing that makes us human. Uh, it's, it's during these times of hardship and, and these, during these times of struggle that we experience a, a wide range of things. And suffering comes in, in many different types of experiences. I think one of the, the, the terrible, hurtful, and, and maybe one of the most destructive things that, that has come about this year is the comparing and, and policing of each other's suffering. To think that, ah, well, this situation is worse, or uh, that's not real suffering, that's an inconvenience, or pay more attention to what's happening over here. And suffering comes in such a wide range and variety of things. And so for us to try to determine what that means for someone else in their walk or in their relationship with God is definitely outside of our purview for sure. Suffering is a given, and it's maybe you personally may not feel that you're suffering the most, or, or maybe you do, um, or, but you know for sure there's going to be someone you know around you that is suffering, and you yourself will suffer at some point in time. It's just good to get a solid baseline of what that is um, and, and to really wrestle with that expectation to know. And so you know, with that, what do we do? Well, we have this hope. We know that Jesus overcame the world, even through this type of suffering. Leads me into this next scripture. It's one of my favorites, actually, if, um, yeah, if, if not my actual favorite scripture in the Bible. But it's Hebrews chapter 4. And we'll go to, go to verse 14. Reads this, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I think this has helped me uh, in a number of different ways. It's provided sort of a context for what suffering really is. I think, you know, we often will ask ourselves that question. Well, why do we experience suffering? Well, we just do. It's, you know, that's, it's what it means to be human. It will happen. 
He said, well, then what would we do with it? What's the purpose of this suffering? Or a different type of hardship or trials that we have. And I think that suffering, it gives us context to just what is. Like what is happening right now. How you feel in the moment. The present becomes this really visceral, deep thing. Uh, and you, sometimes you, it, it stirs up or brings about these, these emotions that you never knew that you had before. Uh, or you feel in a way so intensely not like anything that you maybe have ever experienced. Um, and I know that that can definitely be difficult, but but it, for me, it, what it has done, it is it's brought to my attention just how fragile we are as people, just just as as human beings. There's there's a weakness. Uh, there's there's a fragility. We're, we're malleable. There's there's limits to what it is that we can do just on our own strength and relying on ourselves. And I think that you know part of what it means to be human is just to to be weak, to be fragile, to make mistakes. And what I love about the scripture is that it's okay. Uh, we serve a God who, who empathizes in our weakness. You know, God came as a human. You know, Jesus comes as, as one of us to, to be able to experience the full range of things, of, of what it means to be human, of, to have emotions and, and to be passionate, to, to, to hurt and, and to ache and to suffer in all these different ways, to experience what it means to really be weak, to be fragile, to be vulnerable in times where things are happening and, and we're uncertain and, and, and we're anxious and we don't know exactly what's going on, much of like this year has been. And even then, it's okay. He empathizes with us in those weaknesses. I love the scripture because it, it lets me know that the sacrifice of Jesus um, and, and, and what he's done for, for all of us, you know, going on the cross, it is, is a way for us to, to still be weak and still have a victory in it, to be able to still, even in our imperfection, when we make mistakes, when we're struggling to, to understand what it is that God's trying to do in our lives, or, or why things are happening, or in those deep, intense moments, or, you know, the dark night of the soul, and, and whatever it is that it might be for you in your life, we can still come and approach God with confidence. And I think that's huge, especially in a time like this. It's a paradigm shift for how it is that we identify suffering and what it really means to, to be human. You know, God made us in his image. He made humans. I think something that we have to allow ourselves to do this year and continuing forward is just to allow yourself to be human. Uh, I, I think, you know, when it comes to so many things happening at one time, we grasp for different areas of control. What is it that we can make sense of? And, and we don't take the time to properly just be human, to grieve, to make mistakes, to feel hurt. I think sometimes we can run away from some of those things. But we have a freedom in that, in that weakness to be able to come to God confidently and fully. You know, and, and in Romans, it even talks about when we don't have words to to properly come to God as, you know, in confidence to approach the throne in that way. Even the spirit intercedes for us in like these groans and pains. There's this full range and there's this depth of emotion and feeling that is accessible to us. And I don't want us to be afraid of feeling those things, of going through that process. Because we can. 
that we have a high priest that empathizes with us in that way. I think this is definitely a time, especially going into the new year, we're just trying to figure everything out. We're trying to figure out how church works. We're trying to figure out how to still, you know, uh, relate with one another relationally. Like, how do we still form community uh, given the, the current circumstances that we're in? How do we empathize with one another? How do we endure in struggling with each other? There's a lot of unknown variables. And definitely a lot of times I can get really overwhelmed by what's going on uh, and, and feel like maybe I'm, I'm doing something wrong or I'm not doing enough or whatever the case may be. And, and I think I just have to allow myself to, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm human. There's only so much that we as humans can do. And that's okay. I think it's a great thing. You know, to ask yourself maybe like, where are you seeking your validation in your time of suffering? You know, we have a God who empathizes with us completely and allows us to approach him confidently, even in our suffering and our hurt. Are we going to him for that validation of that feeling, knowing that's where we can get it, that, that type of comfort? Or are you first going to seeking validation from maybe it was relationships, um, social media even, trying to draw people's attention to something? Are you able to suffer with others? Maybe if you yourself are not going through something as intense or, or you know, how you're experiencing something, uh, if somebody else is, is suffering at that time, are you able to enter into that suffering with them? Or do you try to avoid that type of suffering at all costs, like any, any type of negative emotion, things that are happening? We have a God who embraces suffering, came down to become human, to understand what it really means so that he can love and empathize with us and with others. So to, be, to, to ignore that type of suffering, to not be able to empathize with others, it's not only, you know, it's, it's not only inhuman, it's not only inhumane, but, but it's ungodly to push aside other people's needs or even to push aside our own needs. We have this hope that we, that we profess, right? Understanding that, that even through the midst of that suffering, God still did, or Jesus still did overcome the world. But that hope is not a disregard of suffering. Both happen at the same time, <laughs> simultaneously even. You know, God, God doesn't want you to just grit it out. Just to, to, he doesn't want spiritual toughness. You know, the reputation of Jesus does not need to be upheld by us faking that everything is going to be okay. And if I just make sure that I'm being the most righteous person that I possibly can moving forward, everything is fine. And we totally avoid the present suffering that is happening. If not for us, then at least for the others that are around us during this time. The hope that we have comes from holding on to the promise that God gives us to understand that we can come to him confidently and that even Jesus was still able to overcome that type of suffering. That's the thing that we're supposed to be relying on, not a can-do attitude of, ah, oh, well, you know, this is the new year, you know, if I just hustle and grind hard enough and positive vibes only, then I won't experience any type of suffering. That just won't happen. Jesus even says it himself, you will have trouble. I think as we come to the end of this year in 2020, some of us really have not properly grieved, not properly given our 
ourselves an opportunity, the chance to just be human, to to feel weak, to, to be fragile, to be able to come to God confidently with some of these things. There may even be some things from before, well before 2020, that we've been putting off and haven't really come to terms with that suffering. You know, church, before we enter another year, let's not take burdens with us that Jesus died to take for us. You know, let's be human. Allow yourselves to be human. Be the humanity that Jesus came for us to save. I think it's a really pivotal thing, something to think about. What, is it, what does it really mean to just be to be human? The second point is just to practice joy within this, within this midst of suffering. I know it's a bit of a shift. And I say that specifically to, to, to practice joy, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But one of the things that we know is that in God's story, hope and redemption always have the last word. And I'm so encouraged by that as well. You know, that does not mean that we won't have any suffering, right? Or there won't be some times that are going to be a little bit difficult for us. But what it does mean is that those experiences won't be the greatest thing. You know, when it comes to being a follower of Jesus, we're constantly in this process of, of becoming and changing to be more like him as, as we walk in step with the spirit, as we, as we go, undergo spiritual formation and, and these different ways. And I think that crisis and, and suffering, the times like this, are, they present themselves as their unique opportunities to grow and to be spiritually formed in a way that we would not be able to in the normal flow of life, right? Where there's these unique opportunities to grow towards being like Jesus. I want to turn over to James chapter 1. We'll go to verse 2. This scripture, I think, has been quite a theme throughout this year, and depending on how you have heard it, you may either love it or hate it at this point in time. But I want to dive into it. James Chapter 1, verse 2, it says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. You know, opportunities for spiritual formation, I think, are a gift. As a chance to uniquely grow, to be more like Jesus. And as, it's not to say that suffering in itself or hardship in itself is a gift. That, that God is meticulously behind every single experience or, or, or bout of suffering that people go behind. And it, it's all a grand design plan in order to ultimately better people in the end. Because I don't think that's true, right? We know that what it means to be human is, is to go through ups and downs, you know, it, there's a time for everything. You know, refer back to Ecclesiastes 3. So it's not to say that. But notice the wording that, that James is using here. It says, consider it pure joy. Meaning that in and of itself, it's not. It's not a joyful thing. It stinks. Like, it's the worst. But encouraging us to count it as if it were. I think this provides a different approach to what it means to be joyful. I don't think 
that joy is just something that you can turn on. You know, it's it's some sort of switch that you can flip and then it's just like, okay, I am joyful now. It, it takes work. You know, it's a discipline. It's practice. It means to consider your, consider these hardships as if they were pure joy. I, I love scripture in Galatians 5 where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. <laughs> joy is not from us. It's not a side effect or it's not a result of, of being satisfied or, or happy or, or when things are going our way or some sort of pleasurable experience. It's not an optimistic viewpoint. Uh, you know, it, it's not the absence of pain. It's not figuring out what type of, you know, uh, self-care I need to be indulging in. It's not practicing just arbitrary mindfulness. It's, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's something that you work towards. It's a result of being close proximity with God. And I think it's something that we can look towards as we go into a new year. I don't think that we can maybe just choose to manifest joy in these times of suffering. It's okay to feel those things. Allow yourself to be human, to go through those experiences. But we can choose to pursue God knowing that he is the source of the joy that we have. I think joy is great because it's something that I can achieve. I can train myself to do it. It's this ideal that we kind of work towards even in the midst of suffering and pain, joy can still exist. They, they can coexist with one another. I think it can be difficult for us even when we come into times where our felt experiences and the realities of the things that are happening in the world around us or uh, things that we can't control in the future or maybe things that have happened in the past. You know, when, when the promises of God and we think about things, when it sort of contradicts our, our own felt experiences, I think it'd be really difficult to really trust God in those ways. But we know that we can, and it's okay to, to, to be weary. It's okay to, to question some of those times because we can come to God confidently even in those struggles. But we can train ourselves to be joyful. I love what it says to let perseverance finish its work. So they can grow us and mature us into be becoming better images of God. I think about 2020 coming to an end. You know, I don't think that what it means to be joyful is just to be a, a doomsday prepper of any sort, which is like, ah, let me just prepare myself for everything that's that's trying to about to happen. Because you know, we can't we can't do that, right? But I don't think we need to submit to, to fear or anxiety or, or paranoia about a future that we can't control, right? But, but we can make a conscious choice and decision to practice being joyful, to look towards the things that God has promised us. It takes some work. I think we have to be patient. We have to be gracious, not only with others, but with ourselves, Give ourselves a little bit of time when it comes to those things. It doesn't mean that we sit and we wallow in it, right? We're, we're constantly looking forward as we have this ideal to strive for. To consider our hardships as pure joy. Consider them as opportunities for us to uniquely grow into being closer to Jesus. So church, I don't know what 2021 has in store. I hope that it's awesome. I'm definitely ready to leave 2020 behind. I'm grateful for a lot of things that have happened in, in, in 2020. It really has been such a pivotal year for me personally. Um, and I, I'm sure it's been the same case for many of you too. 
I don't know what's going to happen, but but I do know that continuing forward, even when the ball drops, there will still be suffering, and there will still be hardships, and things won't go back to normal maybe right away in the way that we would like or expect. But I also know that there will be joy. There will be opportunities to uniquely grow into being closer like Jesus. I know that we have a high priest who empathizes with our weaknesses and allows us to just be human, to to feel, to love, to hurt, to make mistakes. And he is kind and gracious with us and allows us to be able to approach him with confidence and give us joy. I know that joy is something that we can practice, that we can work towards. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that opportunity. Church, I pray that, you know, as we're entering into this new year, that we can remember to to just to be human going into new year. Give other people the chance to be human, uh, what it means to really come together as community. And I pray that we can practice joy, practice joy in our own lives, practice joy with one another in our households. You know, I pray that uh, this new year that we have the opportunity to grow, to learn, to make sure that we look back in 2020 and and we can see that like, hey, you know what? We got through that, you know, together. We can rejoice in doing so. And that is new year that we are able to stay close to God, who's the source of all the joy in our lives, all the joy that we do have, uh, and to really rejoice in that. And to know that, you know, even through that present suffering, we do have a Uh, a God who has overcome the world. And I don't know about you, but that does give me a lot of hope. It does give me a lot of joy. I I definitely think that as, as, as I'm going through some of these different struggles that I have and, you know, some of the different things that I'm going to be experiencing later on and in the future, they do make me anxious. And, you know, people know me, I can... I can definitely try to overthink and outplan a lot of different things. Am I prepared? Am I practicing being joyful enough? But but I know that uh, I have a God who empathizes with my weakness, and it's okay. And I love that. And I pray that you can find comfort and joy in that as well. I love you, family. I, I can't wait to to be with you guys, you know, in person again soon. Uh, I can't wait to bring in the new year with some of you. Um, and to just be able to enjoy doing life with one another again um, within the community uh, that I know and love here at Simi Church. Um, I love you all, and I hope you guys have a great new year. I really want to thank Aaron for doing such a great job this morning. At this time, we're going to take communion. All you need is some matzah and grape juice. At Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord. He lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and rose to life again. And it's in this belief that we do everything. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give today by texting keyword Simi Church to 77977 or by going to our website, simi.church, and click the Give button. At this time, I'm going to say a prayer as we prepare to take the Lord's Supper. Father, I want to thank you so very much for loving us in spite of us, for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. 
It's at this time as we take this bread and this cup that we remember him and his sacrifice and what it means to each and every one of us that it's, it's the way in which we can come into a right relationship with you. It's the way in which we are saved through the blood and body of Jesus Christ. We're so grateful for his incredible sacrifice. I pray now help us to connect with you together as we take this time of communion in Jesus' name, amen. Take these hands, raise them up far above the earth and sky. Darkest days when all is lost, you will lift me up. Hear this voice. heart so slow to speak still I see because I know you will lift me up how great is your glory how amazing
If you didn't take communion, please make sure you do so later today. At CME Church, we want to be your church, your family's church, and your friend's church. If you want to know more, ask the person who told you about us, or check us out on our website, cme.church, or our social media outlets. And don't forget to like us while you're there. Next week, we're going to be meeting in person for another tailgate service. All the information is on our website. We hope to see you there. Before I go, though, I want to close with one final song, Old Lang Syne. It's a tradition I have that we sing every year at the last Sunday service in Simi. I know that we aren't together this morning in person, so we put together a great little video to close out the service. God bless. Have a great rest of the day and year, and we will see you in 2021. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old things For Yeah.